Live from the Crown Plaza in Stamford, Connecticut, welcome to our StaffCon program. Live on a Monday night with our friends at NCSY, it is StaffCon. We have an opportunity tonight to um, meet and greet some of the uh, great leaders uh, that NCSY has produced and some of the people that lead this great organization. StaffCon is here in Connecticut with over 200 staff members from around the world who are here to... Uh, to um, to uh, integrate, to um, be here and uh, share ideas and growth potential. It really is an amazing gathering. And here we are at the Crown Plaza in Stamford, Connecticut, at the Nahum Siegel Network as we present these two hours on a Monday night. And again, uh, on Tuesday morning right after JM and the AM, so that all of you out there around the world get a taste of just how, just how NCSY has grown, just how incredibly... They take the initiative to, um, to find and start to grow great staff members and then eventually to really advance them in leadership positions that make a tremendous difference in our community, and I mean in our community around the world. It's really an honor to be here. We've already met all through the afternoon some very uh, some wonderful people and some very dedicated people to Jewish leadership, and among them is the gentleman who sits to my right the last time we saw him was at NCSY Kolel in Beit Meir in Israel in a show that had a little bit of a diff different atmosphere, a little bit, little bit of a, a different feel, if you will. He is the director of NCSY Kolel, but for our purposes, we have to add in this context, his title is Managing Director of NCSY, Rabbi Moshe Benevitz. It is an honor to reunite with you at your staff con here in Connecticut. Well, it's an honor to be back with you. It is a little bit different than the <laughs> that again. times we've met. Uh, yeah, but uh, definitely a different feel, but a lot of similarities as well in terms of what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it. There's the same level of excitement and enthusiasm and uh, kind of a new generation coming in. That's what we do in our summer programs with the teens, and uh, our staff are part of that process and the learning and the growth, and uh, that's what you see at this conference here in Connecticut. At what point... And you're with the organization how long? A uh, long time. This is, uh, we, we go by 20 plus over here. So it's and over that's two what, that's decades. That's what my label says, over two decades working the organization. At here. what point did NCSY make this decision, decide on this move, to concentrate on their own staff members, on their own leadership, and in, a, in what seems to be, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, what seems to be a very formal fashion right. to really get them to advance and to you know, uh, and to get to positions where they can be even more impactful? It's such a, an important question that you're asking because it was something of an epiphany. It was a change of direction, a pivot to recognize the need uh, for the sake of all of our constituents, the NCSYers, the teens that we've been dealing with for over 60 years uh, as an organization, to recognize that they need the very best in terms of the professionals and the knowledge base and the ability to give over to them, and therefore an investment in the staff is an investment in them. But, but there is something bigger going on also. And the bigger thing that's going on is that uh, we believe, and in our tradition, we, we refer to our greatest leaders and scholars as Talmidei Chachamim, right. and there's an emphasis there on the fact that even even our most accomplished learners and our greatest leaders are always still students themselves. And that has really been part of the 
a complete approach that NCSY has taken all of the time. If we're doing anything right, we are modeling the learning processes that we're trying to instill in our children also. And I think that's a, a great lesson for all of us as educators, as parents, just as members of the community. We're all kind of in the same in the same boat, and we're all trying to raise those waters as much as possible. Well, I think that the, I mean, look, the, the importance of Torah study and the importance of Torah study to the learners in your organization and most responsible Jewish organizations is never overstated. It's always understood. But I think the importance of other types of studies, leadership study, uh, relationship in terms of, or interaction might be a better word, interaction with, the, you know, in, in the social environments that are created here, and there's so many different ones that are created. I, I think those became more formal, just like our Torah study right. was very much formalized right. <laughs> over the centuries. It seems that your organization has now started to, in the same vein, formalize those other types of important studies for Jewish leaders. There's definitely a level of sophistication, and I point to a lot of the things that are being done in rabbinic training in general. NCSY is certainly well, not true. alone in this. Point. They're, they're doing a, a lot of that, and, uh, and we're proud to work you know, side by side with all of the rabbinic training programs that are out there and, and the way in which we have become more sophisticated. The world is only getting more complicated and the needs for us to be at our best in terms of all sorts of professional skills, whether they're speaking skills or communication skills, the, the basics of human psychology, right. um, just organization running and management skills. All of these things are part of the way we have to equip our staff. You have to remember also that the diversity of our staff and the breadth of, of area that we're covering there are a lot of people who are who are all things at all times to the communities that they're in, and they really have to have all of these skills in order to do their job very well. And so, today, in a way, you can't just be good at all those things anymore. You have to be great at all those yes, things. Yes, no question Or, or as good it. as possible at no all those question. things. All right, so what happens here? We're at StaffCon. It looks to us as outside observers that things are, are are basically just getting underway here, right? Is this day right. one? This, this is day one. This we is day one. about noon today. Uh, and we're uh, we're just past six. Has any now. formal session occurred oh, sure. yet? Sure, uh, quite a bit actually. We start; it's a running start, and we get going right away. This year, actually, in connection with this great celebration of the Chag Asmicha this evening, uh, we have an entire. A conference that's dedicated to our own advancement in study and learning that makes no difference whether you're one of the people getting smicha tonight or you're not. It's for the men, it's for the women, it's for everybody in the organization, regardless of their role and position. So it's it's as much of a yarche kala for our staff, as much as three days to come together and focus on the learning uh, as it is anything else. And the reason for that is because we really believe that a lot of the professional training that you were just describing and that we were just speaking about is going to emanate from that learning also. That That's really one of the magical things that happen when we use as a textbook for some of the professional work that we're doing the learning and it gets integrated in that way uh, you have something really special and magical that happens there uh, and a lot of that is taking place also so we've actually had we heard from Moshe Weinberger earlier today mm -hmm. we had a a full uh, sheer clully type of presentation a, a opening address keynote address from him there was already uh, based medrash learning that took place for a good part of the afternoon we heard from Alan Fagan who I know will be on the program sure. a little bit later for some organizational directives and there now actually have been some practical training workshops that are that are wrapping up as we speak. See I wonder Rabbi Moshe Benefits is with us, managing director of NCSY. I wonder if what you said earlier is something that's across the board in Jewish life or is really unique to your organization. And that is that you're you're ready to pull, you're ready to recruit, you're ready to draft people who have been really effective in other venues while they still maintain their jobs in those venues and bring them to NCSY in 
an advisory role, meaning giving sessions like this, or even in some cases that I could cite in a part-time or full-time role sure. where they are being shared by you and other efforts in our community. Right. I, I would think that might be unusual for the way the Jewish world works. Am I right? It's, it's the, I, it may or may not be. I suspect you are right that it is unusual, but it's, it's so necessary right now. If we're going to succeed in what we want to succeed in and reaching so many of the North American Jewish community and many of whom, unfortunately, who are, who are rather far away from our lifestyle, from the understandings that we're, we're lucky enough to have, if we're going to reach them and if we're going to raise the level of the community, it's going to take a community to do that. It's going to take all hands on deck and it's going to take people under understanding and recognizing the role that they can play directly in influencing the Jewish future. And it's a, it's a really beautiful thing to be able to see that in action and seeing the contributions that are coming from different sectors of the community, different sectors of society. Everybody has a role to play in, in all of this. Rabbi Ari Rakov was with us last week, spoke about the advantage that an organization has when they can hold on to staff members, when they can help them grow, keep them in positions, or in many cases advance them to other positions as, as, as you would suspect. How frustrating is it when there is a large turnover? How frustrating is it when a new season starts and it's one of those seasons where you've seen many changes in the organization? So I'll surprise you with my answer a little bit, but it's one that I know that the Rabbi Rakoff feels very strongly about also. This integration with the community is very much a two-way street. We don't view that, yeah, it's great when we have people who are around for a while, uh, but first of all, it's, it has a, a negative side to it also. There's a certain freshness that NCSY benefits from because of the fact that we deal with youth and because of the turnover and the relative ages of our staff members right. to society in general. And there's something so invigorating about being with that. It, uh, it keeps the organization fresh and young and relevant. Uh, so that's good in the first place also. As wonderful as it is to have... Uh, to have stability, and of course there are great advantages to stability too. But when the turnover is a result of feeding the community with people that were trained in NCSY, right. we, we don't view that as a loss. So you need a good balance. Yeah. You yeah. need a lot of good fresh blood, and at the same time you need a lot of veterans who are growing, Absolutely. moving up, and being very effective. You know what's interesting about your organization? I'd love to get your perspective on this, and this might actually be the best time to do it. As, as youth groups and informal atmospheres become more formal, more formulaized as the years and as you would say decades go on. And, and you have to acknowledge that as NCSY got into the you know, 2000s, 2010s, it's a very different experience than what was going on in the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s. Things more, again, formulaized, as I would say, in terms of the way programming is sure. done. Uh, more formalized, right, in terms of the, uh, the way the organization is run. Even, even, I would argue, each chapter and region operates very differently and much more efficiently and, right. and, and formally than they did in the old days. Many times you would think that all of that, all of this structure could really sap the organization of a certain energy, of a certain spontaneity, of a certain, I don't know, camaraderie, one might even be able to argue. And it doesn't seem, again to the outsider, that that's the case here. Why would your organization survive this growth, formal growth, better than others? Well, I think the youthful energy that we described before, that input is a big part of the answer. But I also think you're touching upon some more 
kind of global trends that, that exist in the world. I think the, the argument and the question that you're asking is often asked about, frankly, about our halachic system in general. Mm. Why doesn't a more formalized system of instruction sap something of its vitality and of its creativity? And uh, I, I've used and heard and then used many times analogies that come from the world of art and, and music that you'll certainly relate to and appreciate. The most original compositions don't always come from, from freestyle and complete informality. When there are certain guidelines and rules and a little bit of a structure to which you inject the highest level of a composer's creativity, right. Real education. That, that's when you have right. something magical happen. Those formality and informality and formality and creativity do not always work at odds with each other, but right. sometimes they complement each other. Right. It's like in the really old, it, It's ways. like the Jewish mother might say in the old days that yeah, you're very skilled and talented. With a college degree, you'd right. even you'd be even right. more yeah, you know, that, skilled and, 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 and talented. And it just gives right. you a, a channel right. to which to apply that creativity. So when again, when you take those both those factors together, and you take this infusion of energy, and you bring it into an organization that has a certain formalized structure that enhances that creativity. So then you can get some outputs that are that are really remarkable. So nobody sits here tonight pining for the good old days, huh? There's a little bit of both. No one's lamenting. No one's lamenting that it's not the way it was 30 years ago. No, there's not much to be gained by that. Uh, There's enough to do today. And uh, certainly we don't think that we have all the answers and that nobody before knew what they were doing. Quite to the contrary. Who's impressing you? Where have you been? Uh, I don't don't even know if you're traveling in the United States at all. But is there there a region, chapter? or I I don't want to say. They're they're all wonderful. I get that. I get that. But tell me something that you were at recently that literally as a story, not to judge one against the other. But is there an experience you had recently where you said to yourself, you know? They're getting it here. They're, they're, they seem to be with the program, so to speak. Well, again, I, I, I really wouldn't seriously single out. I, I think getting it is something which you're going to find universally across the board. That's part of the advantages of the formality you described before. There isn't a great degree of variance and freelancing and people kind of going off the reservation and doing their own thing for yeah, good or for true. bad. Uh, but, but you do have things that are going on, obviously, that are, that are uniquely impressive for sure. You're going to have an opportunity to meet with some of my colleagues in a little bit uh, from the uh, further region of the right. west coast of the country. You're going to meet with our city director in Las Vegas right. and another uh, wonderful uh, woman who's leading the efforts in Oregon and in Portland in particular. And you'll hear from them some of the really innovative, creative things that are going on there. I mean, even the notion of NCSY in Las Vegas, it almost sounds yeah. like the setup for a joke. I and mean, some, a, some can't even believe there's a Jewish community there already. And, and, it's, and it's, it's large. It's, it's really point. unbelievable yeah. what's going on. But, you know, there. you raise such an important point. Maybe it's really the opposite point. But, but, Many people, I think, wondered years ago if NCSY could survive or be relevant in a large Jewish community. And I'm talking about now New York, New Jersey, sure. the, the, um, uh, the you know, cliche-ish large Jewish communities. And even in those areas, even in places where there's plenty of Judaism <laughs> and right. where a kid can really find <laughs> you know, what they're looking for if they search a little bit, it's still amazing to watch how those more local for us regions are doing. So I I think that would be attributed to two things that that really make us us proud and remind us, especially at conferences like this, what what we're doing is all about. And uh, and I wish I wish we would be less relevant and needed than we are. But these these two elements are something that we're still in a somewhat unique position of, of providing, and that is the incomparable NCSY spirit. Th- there's a soulfulness, and there's a feeling, and there's an at emotion depth. that 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 goes into it. And in our in our standard communities, in our day to day lives, and in the rat 
race and the, all the other pressures and all the other things that are going on. A teen in high school who's got to worry about his college admissions and he's got all the social pressures that he has. So sure, he has the kosher pizza store and he has these services and he's got a phenomenal school and our schools have never been right. stronger That's and never true. been better. That's he has true. all those things. But to him to take a deep breath and to look for the soul of it and to look really beneath all those pressures. So that's something which NCSY is still in a very unique and wonderful position to be able to provide. And by and, the way, a lot, I'm sorry for interrupting, but a lot of the schools are trying to emulate what you're doing. A yeah, lot of the that, schools that, that's an old story. are starting to, you know, to yeah. bring in the, the musical performances and the more spiritual uh, you know, types of educational programs, etc. And that's obviously... A, a, you know, what NCSY has Yeah, and listen, imitation is the highest form of flattery, but, but there's no competition going on. That relates to what I said right. before. If we can export not only our people who are transitioning, and that happens all the time, and it's something which we are and should be proud of, but also our methodologies, that's a wonderful thing. It's a win-win because it's the same community and it's the same goals. It doesn't make a difference who's doing it. The fact that more and more schools are figuring it out uh, is, is great, and uh, that, that's going to be going on for a couple of decades already, but there's still a role for a place on a Shabbos on a, on, a, on a weekday night where people can get together and really look for that soulfulness. And the other point, which is, which is a little bit more painful to speak about, though, is that, is that NCSY prides itself on accessibility. We are so many of our institutions, for good reason or bad, you know, kind of have bouncers at the door and are full of the reasons why you can't, shouldn't, or don't want to come in. NCSY is all, all invitation all the time. You're, you're, you're always welcome and you always belong. And so many teens especially are craving that in their lives more than anything else. A place of acceptance. Too many places are shutting them out. Yeah, huh? and just a place where you can, where you can come in and, uh, and where you belong. And uh, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing to NCSY's credit. We have 30 seconds left for our benefits. Anything we should know about Colel? Are things uh, uh, progressing for next summer already? They are progressing at uh, a very, not sold very out. Yet, is it? it's, it's, it's getting there it's very close. quickly. We're ahead oh, of, of all the record paces from before. <laughs> They're close to 100 <laughs> applicants already, and we're not out of October. And uh, uh, it's uh, people interested in coming should definitely get those applications in because the wait list will be forming uh, sooner than we'd like it to. You have a real, I believe you have a real privilege to lead this organization at a flourishing time. I, uh, I, I believe it in. All, uh, all of my being. Thank it's you absolutely so much. Absolutely true. Right, Thank Moshe you. Benevitz, everybody, kicking things off at StaffCon here at the Nahum Siegel Network. The NCSY Bencher app must be recognized because it is one of the, and Arya Kunstler is actually here tonight, it's one of the most incredible innovations that they've gotten. Uh, you go into a community that may not be familiar with our Shabbos Miros and some of the classic songs that uh, are such a part of our tradition. You tell them to install the NCSY Bencher app. And you're all set. Here it is. You're listening to the Nahum Siegel Network on a special Monday night edition from StaffCon with NCSY up at the Crown Plaza in Connecticut. <laughs> Shaibane, Shaibane, 
All right, that is the uh, NCSY Bencher app, an amazing innovation. If you are listening in a, uh, well, if you're listening anywhere, because these days people who are not familiar with our tradition are everywhere, of course. Uh, but if you're listening in a place that specifically uh, you think um, somebody would benefit from an app that uh, teaches them all of the important Shabbos Miros and all of the important uh, traditional Jewish songs, recommend to them the NCSY Bencher app. All right, you're listening live to the Nachum Siegel Network. <coughs> Sometimes happens on the air. You're listening live to the Nachum Siegel Network at the Crown Plaza up in Stamford, Connecticut. Now, tonight we keep mentioning that uh, there is a Chag HaSmicha going on. Uh, there's a group of men who are going to be um, uh, given their formal Smicha. They will officially be rabbis in our community. And we'll find out more about the program uh, with some of our guests. One of the people who is going to be uh, part of that celebration tonight and receiving his smicha is Rabbi, or soon-to-be Rabbi, Yehuda Marilis, who is the director of Las Vegas NCSY. Welcome to Connecticut! Thank you so much. I mean, I guess Vegas is exciting, but what's more exciting than Connecticut, after all? Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> you must live in one of the most exciting regions of the country, frankly, <laughs> with people coming in from far and wide, people visiting your community, I'm sure. There's so much happening, obviously, yeah, so you got to get that Tuesday night flight out. Yeah, that's the one, huh? get the weekend otherwise the you're done i am told that that your community whatever that means let's say the greater jewish community in vegas is, is somewhat removed from that crazy scene that most people associate with vegas oh, completely. That, that, that's accurate completely that removed. is accurate yeah. so yours is what we would call uh, and looks like and acts like a i don't know traditional jewish community uh, one would not even realize it's in las vegas could yeah. be anywhere a hamish neighborhood very nice how long are you out there I'm out there eight years, going on my ninth And year. always with NCSY? Always with NCSY. As director, do we call it the Las Vegas region? Las Vegas director. And did you know anything about there before you got there from Los Angeles? I knew nothing about Las Vegas, no. You were told by who? This is a good opportunity. Go take it. I actually had a close friend out there who runs Camp Nagila West, Donnie Locker, who was out there in Vegas and said, come out and join me. And what did you find the first year you were there? Was, was, was there Jewish youth? Was there a vibrant community? What would you, how would you describe it? It, it was a desert. It was, <laughs> Literally. There, huh? were, there, was, there was nothing going on over there. They had a, I was part of a shul, uh, Young Israel Aish, with Rabbi Wine. He was the only, pretty much the only show in town, a couple of Chabad's around. And pretty much there was, there was no teens that were active in a synagogue. So today, sure. if we hear so much about the Vegas Jewish community, in just eight years it has grown so much? Oh, sky high. Every really? year there's, there's... People moving in, not just visiting, but moving into the community. My community that started five years ago has 130 families. Interesting. So it's, it's flying. And it didn't exist before five years ago. Huh? Absolutely nothing. Rabbi Yehuda Marilis is with us. So um, I always ask this, and usually... We get 
interesting answers because, because uh, you know, we talk about the difference between city kids and country kids. We talk about the pe- difference between people from the south and people from the New York, New Jersey area. And certainly we can compare both coasts. I hate to tell you, but you, you and I could sit probably and discuss the, the New York area and the L.A. area from today till tomorrow. What about Vegas? How would you describe the youth there, what they're into, and what type of disposition they have, etc.? See, Vegas is very interesting because it's transient. Right. And there's always people moving in and always people moving out. So you sort of get very interesting people because you're getting from everywhere, all over, you know, the different different areas. And you're getting big city kids. You're getting other suburban areas that are moving in. So you really get an, an eclectic mix of teens and even even adults and the, and the families that, that I work with over there. You see a really, they're just all different kinds of people. Some are, you know, always need to be doing something and always need to be getting to the next thing. And some are completely laid back and some, you know, are interesting and different. Uh, a and real melting pot, huh? <laughs> Do you get the feeling that a good number of youngsters out there are attracted to ritual Judaism? Is it something that they, have you met plenty that have become, you know, really into what we do each and every day. So uh, when, when I got there, there were definitely no teenagers in a synagogue. At all. Be it Orthodox, Conservative, Reform, Reconstruction. Really? The teenagers did not, did not go to synagogue. And pretty much I had to start the JSU clubs in the, in the public high schools over there. And slowly but surely, we created a community of teens. You know, we have, there's Coffee Bean, which is kosher yeah. out in Vegas. So we have a few different coffee beans we meet the teens at. There's a coffee bean on Monday nights. You come there from 7 to 8 p.m. There's, you know, anywhere from 75, sometimes 80 teens, all public school teens coming to sip coffee, meet friends, learn Torah. And looking for the same thing that kids all across the country are looking for. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's different anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter isn't. where they live. What about Shabbatonim? Shabbatonim we do, you know, we have the big regional events where we go into California. We're going this coming November uh, 9th through 11th. About 300 teens, all going up to the David Ovid Retreat Center. So we bring about 50 from Las Vegas. And then we do our small Shabbatonim with about 50 teens, you know, three, four times a year in Las Vegas. And that's, uh, that's really get them at the Shabbos table is really uh, very important. And, of course, every, every week I'm hosting and my associate director is hosting teens for Shabbos, families for Shabbos. It's really beautiful. That, that's one of the most beautiful parts about living in an area like that. Rabbi Yehuda Marilis is with us, Las Vegas NCSY. Tell me about this smicha program that uh, the smicha program that you are part of, and now tonight, one of the celebrants of. So it's interesting, actually. Two years ago, um, at um, I think it was two years ago at StaffCon, I, Rabbi Lashak sat me down. He's from where? Um, he's from Texas, and uh, he sat down. I'm very very close with him. I hold him in very high regard. And he sat down and we were talking about learning and I was telling him the struggle about, you know, keeping a Seder and learning every single day, especially while working for NCSY. So uh, it's just a very, you know, difficult schedule up and down and morning and night. So uh, he told me that he really wanted to start this program, a smicha program and get some people together. He asked if I thought people would be interested. And we looked around and that actually this, this smicha program was born from there. He got Rabbi Freed. Unbelievable Talmud Chacham Rabbi Freed and, and literally such a high-level program of high-level learning. I never dreamed that I would get from 
NCSY as a as a director. You know, NCSY is for teens to to be inspired and to learn a little Torah for 10 minutes of coffee bean. But to, to think that a director who works in the program would, would get from NCSY an opportunity of true high-level learning and then to come, out, to come out here and to have my family join me for, for a smicha from, you know, with, partnered with NCSY and Rabbi Fried is, was, was an unbelievable experience. Well, Mazel Tov to you. This is the first Thank smicha you. class then in this, this program. Yes, this is the first class. Do your students or your, uh, the, ki- the NCSY kids back in Vegas know that this is happening? They 100% know, and we've, we've been talking about it. I, they don't even know there's a staff con. I just said to them, no, I'm going to get my smicha in, in Connecticut. So. And we have 30 seconds. Tell me, Rabbi Marilis, why staff con's so vital to people like yourself? Staff con is, is something that I look forward to every, every single year, and everything I do, you know, I just can't wait to come and share and, and talk to the other directors that are here and and see everybody that are doing things better and seeing a way that I could help others and then learning about new initiatives and new things that are going on in NCSY. This is, this is literally the place where, where everything... I just sat in a meeting. We're talking about the 2025 vision for NCSY. Oh, wow. We're only in 2018. <laughs> we didn't even finish the 2020 vision, but, but we're always looking ahead, always looking forward, and, th- and this is where it all happens. StaffCon. Rabbi Marilis, a pleasure meeting you. Hope to see you in Vegas one day. You too, thank you. A real pleasure. Rabbi Yehuda Marilis, who tonight actually becomes officially a rabbi at the Chag HaSmicha happening here at StaffCon. We're with NCSY at their their convention, and Rabbi Oppenheim is here from Charlotte. Wow, he obviously survived the flood. Baruch Hashem. Oh, it's great to see Rabbi Oppenheim here. This is uh, somebody I've been looking forward to speaking to for the last couple of weeks, ever since we were told we're coming here. To me, he's number 11, <laughs> and that's because uh, the Siegel family used to enjoy watching him play basketball for Yeshiva University. It was 11, right? 11, A exactly, number 11. Yes. Martin, it's a pleasure. Martin so Leibovich nice is here. Leibovich, who's the director of NCSY Argentina, and as of tonight, will be Rabbi Martin Leibovich. Emir Hashem, yes. Yes, um, I'm so excited. Can I, then you should be excited. I'm mazal tov to you. Uh, can I assume... That when you got to Yeshiva University, you knew a little less about Judaism and our tradition than you do now? Uh, you can actually say that I, I didn't even know Aleph Base. So I came to YU. Um, Remind th- me what year? That was uh, 2008. Yeah. I actually went there because I wanted to learn Torah. Uh, There's a famous, f- very funny story that Steve Savitsky received me at YU. Oh, I remember the story remember with Steve, story? right. So I remember we this, met right. in the street with uh, President Rigel Joe. Right. And the first question I asked was, uh, where can I find the kosher store on the right. area? Because uh, I didn't know exactly where I was coming and actually turned out to be that it was uh, one of the best experiences. You had, had transferred from somewhere in Florida, was I it? Had transferred, yes. My first year was in Texas playing a Division One junior college, and my second year was in Miami playing Division Two. Right. Then I started um, learning Torah, and, and I really wanted to start keeping Shabbos, kosher, etc. And that's when I met Steve Savitsky, and the whole story starts. And Unbelievable. Baruch Hashem, I was... Uh, so, so playing, good. so playing basketball for YU can lead to some really good spiritual things, huh? Yes, definitely, definitely. definitely. And I assume, I just have to assume, knowing him, that Coach Halpert was only a help in this whole area. Yes, he's actually invited today. Is to he the coming? Micha. I hope so. Oh, I hope wow. so. He was coming directly from a doctor's appointment. Wow. I hope he can make it. And yes, he's a very important piece in in, in my life. Uh, I learned from him not only about basketball but about life 
and that's also true with Steve Svitsky and uh, it's been uh, such a transformative experience going from you know basketball all day to <laughs> learning Torah getting a career and and today it's unbelievable that I have I can I can run a program with such a big husk that uh, I can bring to oh I'm going to talk about that in a minute oh. but I have to finish the basketball okay. portion for a moment so this morning <laughs> this morning I call Lior Hode Oh, and I me too. <laughs> you also spoke <laughs> yeah. to this? And I say, Lior, would you say that when Martin came to no, YU, he didn't know much about Judaism? He says to me, when Martin came to YU, he knew one thing, how to put the ball in the basket. Yeah. That's, that's what he knew. That's so funny. <laughs> so we were talking about that, and he mentioned your brother being is, is, is studying yeah, also in New Jersey brother, at that time yes. and playing basketball at the same time while he going to Yeshiva. went to YU also. Amazing. You know, it's amazing. funny. Israel Katz, he's one, Israel Katz is also one of the... Uh, yeah, Ms. Machim. And, from Baltimore. Uh, from Baltimore. His dad approached me, uh, and, and I saw him, and, and, and I didn't know where I knew him from. <laughs> so I remember I invited him to that tournament in Denver with Carmelo Anthony, and you came, and I was like, wow, you're Israel Katz. He's, he's a well-connected coach, that's yes, for sure. Yes, I know. So he remembered me, and uh, we, we ended up speaking for like, And Israel's brother's doing very well for YU now. For YU, yeah, You've yes, heard how well junior. the YU team is doing, yes, right? Yes, of course. Pretty of course. amazing. Oh, yeah, it's time. Rabbi, correct. Rabbi Martin Leibovich is here uh, as of tonight, a rabbi. What is happening in Argentina? Because we hear so much about the difficulties for the Jewish community to live under the Argentine government. What would, you're, you're there. What would you say to people about what, what the, it's like then? The truth is that uh, economically it's, it's, it's a problem, but uh, Baruch Hashem, we're, we're so happy to live in Argentina in peace. Uh, all of those bombings and things are, are Baruch Hashem things of the past 20, 20 years ago already, 30 years ago, I think. Uh, so Baruch Hashem, the community is growing. There's tons of coding people learning more about Chuva every Every year, more and more, and then Argentina is actually growing. It's only a financial crisis that we have. What city are you in, Argentina? Buenos Aires. And Buenos Aires, the capital. And do you are do you have a do you have a congregation? I a go to Raleigh Oppenheimer's community, which is the, uh, the biggest Ashkenaz community there, and um, and I'm connected, Hashem, to all of the Kirov organizations and to Olami, which has tons of programs there, the Wolfsons and and Horns, sure. um, that organization. So. We have now, after four years that I've been in Argentina, we have passed the 300 uh, students at NCSY. Wow. So program is growing, almost doubling numbers every year. And we're very happy that uh, every year we have more programs. We're opening the first uh, seminary for, for Latin Americans in Neveri Shalayim for girls and doing a lot of very, very important work. I, I feel so... So grateful. I'm, I mean, so happy I can have this host to be working for for the future of Am Israel and building new leaders and, and just passing on what I've received in all of these years. So you, you're you're getting your smicha tonight and your rabbinic career will continue to be in Argentina. Um, yes, of course. I'm, I'm not sure if I would call it a rabbinic right. career, but... Uh, your Jewish leadership career. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we, we, we do care of our, out of our hearts, uh, and, and that's the best way it works. And this is just a milestone because uh, we're going further for a yore yore smicha after this program. So this is just, uh, this was the warm-up, as we can call it in the basketball. You could say that again. Going to get into the now you're going to get to the playoffs, huh? Yeah, yeah now we're going to <laughs> playoffs. Actually, I'm still playing basketball, and 
the week after I get back, it's playoff time. It's the first first game. And that, that means what? Professionally or as a as it's a? It's not professional because the professional league plays in Chavez. Right. So um, I play I play the second league, which uh, plays games on Thursdays or, or Sundays. Also, I have two children, Baruch Hashem. And uh, and I I don't get to practice every night anymore. Understood. Is your wife from Argentina? Yes, she is. She is. Interesting. So you spent this time in college in New York, and were you since then back in Argentina all the way since right after? No, college I what? worked. I actually worked for over a year in commodity trading here in New York. Then the company sent me to Argentina. I worked there for a while. Got married, and then it ended up being that that it was my mission to stay in Argentina and and bring bring juice back to. So it was yeah. NCSY first, then you heard about this new Smicha program. Yes, of course, of yeah. course. This Smicha was just like a mina shamayim. And I assume it's all done in some type of long-distance Torah study. Yes, right? yes, yes. Is I'm actually the only one in Argentina <laughs> doing it. <laughs> in Chile, sure. there's three guys in Chile, and it's hard for me to find the There's Perusa. more in South America doing it? Right. We have NCSY Chile, and we have three Mazmachim here from Chile. That, that, that It's also the NCSY team that's doing it. I'm waiting for the for the new Asia Torah Rabbi, which is a new community starting in Argentina, to get on the program and be, be my chavrusa. Well, the most important thing you told us tonight, as far as I'm concerned, is that there's always, it seems to be, always a great concern for the Jewish community of Argentina, but you are telling us that one can live a normal Jewish life down there. Yes, 100%. It's only an ac- economically... Right, and, uh, it, and it continues crisis. to be a Do a lot of Jews yes. leave? Do people move to Israel? A lot of places? Jews making Aliyah and also moving to America, some of them. Um, the truth is that we have pesos there, and it, the pesos doubled in the right. last year. Right. Inflation, it's The crazy. entire country's feeling it. Yes, yes. Baruch for me, is good because I fundraise in America, <laughs> and then I spend that in Argentina. <laughs> I can do so much more. <laughs> That's quite a strategy you've developed. It is. <laughs> did, you, did you have a coach outline that for you, or you did that on your own? I did in my own. I I gotta tell you, I have special regards for you. From when when I heard that you were going to be on this show, okay, I I, I thought back because the Seagulls, our family, spent a lot of time watching you play basketball. Oh. We have different eras when you know, depending on the age of my boys, we had different eras right. that we were really that. into it, and we spent a lot of time in the Max Stern Athletic Center. And I said, "There's one person here." Who could, there's one person I know who could really tell me about Martin. Uh, and when I told him that uh, you were going to be here tonight, he said, please, please give him the biggest Mazel Tov wish you could possibly give him. I'm talking about Jeremy Pressman. Oh, Jeremy Pressman. He just called me right before the show from Israel. Really? And wow. he asked me that I convey that message to you. Such a good friend. And he said he saw you a couple of years ago. You yes, had reunited in Israel, in Israel for in a Israel. little while. You actually just reminded me. I'm going in January for this seminar. I'm going to give you him You have to call. look him up. And by the way, he's still playing great basketball. Really? Yeah. He's still playing great. Wow. <laughs> he's unbelievable. Big jumper. Yeah. Very big jumper. And, um, and it, when he heard this, he was like, he, he wasn't being disrespectful. He was just like, wow, <laughs> Martin's at the point. Yeah. I knew that he was on a journey, but at the point where he's going right. to become a rabbi, right. it's pretty amazing. So Baruch Hashem, you, what you've done is making international news at this point. <laughs> Baruch Hashem. He, he's a real, you know, good big Talmud Chacham. That's I was right. just a guest starter when, when we were at YU, <laughs> so... <laughs> I didn't even think myself that I was going to be here. So, Baruch Hashem, everything is... uh, It's unbelievable. The whole story for us who watched it all and for you who went through it must be just absolutely amazing. It's just to have observed this is incredible. For me, also sharing this moment with Steve Savitsky, who's going to be here and he was going to walk me through to get the smicha. It's also very, very emotional for me because... uh, 
everything started in Argentina when I met him, and, and he's been like a father to me throughout the whole journey. So, Martin, gracias, and mazal tov. Uh, gracias. Mazal tov to you. Thank you very much. Amazing, so absolutely too. amazing. Thank you. You've linked two great institutions for me, both YU and NCSY. Absolutely incredible. Uh, we have here Michael Bengio. I want to pronounce it properly. Michael is the director of the NCSY that Martin was just alluding to, and that's NCSY Chile. Exactly. Shalom, shalom. How are you? Baruch Hashem. It's a Hello. pleasure to meet you, and I'm told that you have an advantage over your neighbors in Argentina, that you have Let's other see. musmachim from Chile who, who you get to study with. Exactly, often. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. We have a, a, great, a great team. Uh, we have other family members there joining the team as well, and it's been amazing. Everything that's been happening in CSY Chile is nothing short of a miracle. Well, let's start from the beginning, because I, and I did this with Martin, because you know, when you're in the New York area, you, you know what kind of, I don't want to compare this, God forbid, to Jerusalem. We know uh -huh. Jerusalem's the capital of the Jewish people, but you know the New York area is also somewhat of a capital when it That's comes so. to Jewish life. We don't know what it's like in other countries. He described for us Argentina, what is Jewish life like for the typical member of the Jewish community in Chile? No, so it's beautiful. It's a, it's a small community. We have about uh, 10 to 15,000 Jews. Um, it, people try to be involved as much as they can. They have two, two schools, uh, many shuls, about five, six, maybe seven shuls there. And uh, people try to be active. I think one of the biggest challenges that people are going there today is that not everyone has access to, to like really learn and grow. So that's part of where we come in and uh, teach you know, the teens and their parents and their families to, you know, to learn a little bit, to see what Jewish heritage is all about and, and inspire. That's what we would really do there. And at some point, you also uh, picked up the notion to become a rabbi, to exactly. get a formal degree. What has that process, it's been two years, right, the process? It's been, yeah, a little what, over two what years. What has it been like over these two years? It's been years? amazing. Through this, well, first of all, just to, to be close to somebody like Rabbi Fried to be able to... Uh, to be able to, you know, right. have a kesha with someone like Rabbi Fried and, uh, and, and learn with him and ask him the shalas that we do. Uh, on top of that, you know, an amazing program where we're like really getting to know what we're supposed to know, <laughs> what we're supposed to know probably before this uh, to what, what we do. And, and the truth, it's been an amazing program. It's inspiring. It, it, make, it made, it, at least for me, my entire learning a lot stronger, a lot more like with Kviut. And it's been unbelievable. It's something that we had to do and uh, it made sense. And Baruch Hashem, as the first time Rabbi Dashak came to me and he said, you know, we're going to have this opportunity. I said, you know, where do I sign? I, I went in. And it's been amazing. And the colleagues you have in the Smicha program from Chile are also NCSY leaders? So one of the colleagues that, I'm, that it's in the Smicha is actually my older brother. Oh, wow. Uh, he works for Isha Torah there. Right. We have a close relationship, especially because we're brothers. <laughs> and uh, it made sense. You know, we were Havrusas for, for a big part of this program. And the other one's Alan Jenny. He's one of my right hands in Chile. He's like a super rock star when it comes to NCSY. Kids love him. And uh, he, he's there in both with us, and both of them are getting the smicha today. Here, in the, it, it seems, based on our conversations, uh, a lot of the Jewish youth that come to the NCSY groups come from public school. Uh, they go into the public schools, they recruit, they, they ask the kids to join them at different programs during the week. Is that similar to what you do down there? No, what we do there is uh, most of our students, there are two schools there. There's a, there's a school called Instituto Hebreo, oh. there's a school called Maimonides School. And uh, what we do is we actually have two programs, one for each one. According to their level, we, we, we run two separate programs. 
Between the two, we have about 300 students in Chile who come to weekly classes, weekly programs. So most of our students come from Jewish schools. Uh, a few of them, you know, we, we, we try to work on it and something that we, we should continue to work on because we have very few kids uh, who come from different schools. Today, most of our students come from Instituto Obreu, which is the largest school, and another uh, another amount of them come from um, the Maimonides School. Oh, very nice. Do you have a family or uh, friends who are here with you yeah, tonight we for have, the big ceremony? Uh, yeah, we have. Well, first of all, my Did wife they fly came with from me. South America? Yeah, yeah, they came from South America, which was amazing. My, my wife, the truth is that she should be getting the smicha, you know? <laughs> Everything I learned she because, of the her, award. <laughs> because of her support, you know, because of her, you know, continue to pushing me to, to learn and grow and, you know, letting me do what I do uh, with full support and full heart. Uh, well, my older brother is here getting the smicha. Also, my right. younger brother, he works for NCSY. He's my other right hand. Is he also in Chile? Yeah, he's oh, also wow. in Chile, also in NCSY. Uh, he works full-time with me, and we have the last one of the of the team who works full-time is Sigal. She's here. My mother came. My grandmother, who she has a very big zechut on what's happening today. I have uh, my, my uncle and aunt here, Sergio, Denise. All from Chile? Uh, all from Chile. They, they actually live in Miami, those two, but wow. uh, my grandmother also lives in Miami. Um, and, and we have uh, just now I met with Mitch Hader. He's been a huge supporter and mentor uh, for us. So Mitch and Lita are here which was amazing to see them, very exciting. And then you have, you know, Rabbi Dashag, Rabbi Friedman, the entire Of course, a lot of team, people are going to be very happy to be yeah, here with you. Absolutely. Uh, Michael Bengio, who's about to become ri Rabbi Michael Bengio, <laughs> is with us from Chile. Have you been to this convention before? Yeah, this Why is, is it my important? Tenth, Why? I think. Tenth? <laughs> yeah. What is it that you gain from this that makes it so worthwhile to come all those miles from Chile? So, first of all, every, every year you come, you see a different program, you, you learn, you, you get expertise from different areas. Every time I come, I take something new. Many of the programs that we built in Chile, the entire idea and structure and how to build it came from staff conference where we come every year. We come here, we have an idea, we speak to people, you have all the Kiro experts around the world right here. And it's amazing. And besides, you know, the, the, you know, the how-to that you, you learn here is the connection, the cash that you get with everyone else. You have people to, to go to for advice, for guidance. And the truth is, it's no better place to be at than right here uh, to do what we do in Chile. It's been the reason we made it to the point where we made it today in Chile is because of, you know, what happens here wow. every year, for coming here every year and speaking to these people every year. Uh, besides Argentina and Chile, are there other uh, South American countries? Not today. We're working on it. We would like two, to, right? yeah. But for now, we have Chile and Argentina and in both countries. It's amazing what's happening. It's unbelievable what's happening there. Well, as I said to Martin, uh, I will say gracias. Oh, I will say mazal tov. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it's really amazing to meet you. And I'm sure there are a lot of challenges in doing what you do down in Chile. So, so continued success with everything you're doing. Thank you. And mazal tov and smicha. Thank you so Rabbi much. Rabbi Michael <laughs> Bengio. <laughs> who's director of NCSY Chile and will be officially a rabbi very soon in the, in the next few minutes. <laughs> we say mazal tov to you, you so all much. of us here. Have a good night. Thank you for Thank your time. Thank you. Uh, more coming up. We have the NCSY Bencher app that we are featuring during our musical segments tonight because the NCSY Bencher app is such an amazing resource for people around the world to learn the Shabbos Miros and the traditional Jewish songs. You are listening to a special presentation of the Nachum Siegel Network. We're at NCSY StaffCon in Connecticut on a Monday night, Tuesday morning at the Nachum Siegel Network. Shimmy Shamayim, 
Where does that great music come from, you might ask? The answer is the NCSY Bencher app. And who's responsible for that Bencher app? A gentleman named Aryeh Kunstler, who claims that it's a lifetime ago that he introduced that Bencher app. I disagree. To me, it feels like about a month ago that he was in my JMM studio introducing it. How, first of all, good evening to you. Good evening. How long ago was it, do you think? Seriously. Because if you tell me three years, I may just collapse right it's here. It's two years, Hanukkah. It's two years. This oh, this coming Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Okay, that I can live with. It's not so bad. I can, that I can yeah. live with because time is flying think, a little too fast. I think two years, Hanukkah, yeah. Time is flying a little too fast. So if you tell me two years, Hanukkah, it's not so bad. Uh, what we've been doing is, because this is an NCSY-themed sure. show, quite obviously, I'm reminding everybody who's listening okay. that if they know people who – and by the way, this was very helpful when I took a trip down to a couple of cities that had beginner Jewish populations, let's put it that way. And they know people who are not familiar with what's going on at the Shabbos table, even when they're in the rabbi's house. They don't get it. Or they don't know certain traditional tunes that you cover on these. Here's the NCSY Bencher app. Utilize it during the week. Play and it. The and, songs. You can, you know, and there you have it. So anyway, if you're wondering how that got into this uh, program, now you know why. What's going <laughs> to be happening an hour from now? Uh, for everybody who's at StaffCon here with NCSY. So I believe I'm doing a performance first with um, a bunch of talented guys led by Dover Perlman, I believe. Right. Um, they're doing a whole – it's uh, about four guys. Amazing. Right. I'm just accompanying them because ah. they don't need me for that. They're amazing. Got it. And then after, I guess, the, the – you know, finishing up the, the smicha, I think it is, right? Yeah. The big Chagas The big Chagas yeah. So then, uh, you know, so we're going to dance a bit. You'll start rocking the place? That's the way we do it. Uh, um, I don't know how many days ago, but recently, um, sometime after the interview and I were on the phone, and you actually indicated that those who are demanding brand new Arya Kunstler material, it's their may time. wish may be coming true. It's uh, uh, how long? How much longer will we have to wait? So the plan is not necessarily to do an album. It's to do um, right. It's release to do material. different releases right. with videos and singles. Um, because I've been writing so differently in the last year and a half. So there's a lot of English stuff. There's a lot of acoustic, mellow Hebrew stuff. So they they don't all fit together on an album. So I'm just gonna kind of release everything. Yeah, out which seems the to be one the trend yeah. these days anyway, right? So. Yeah. Uh, Arya Kunstler here. We're at StaffCon with NCSY. You've seen the power of music when someone is on a road to traditional Judaism, haven't oh, you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just doing my type of music, just the Jewish alternative rock at NCSY Shabbatones, you see the effect. <laughs> there, are, true. there are kids who are like, I didn't know this Jewish music can be like this. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's transformative. Baruch Hashem. And uh, everybody, should, uh, rem everybody should remember that it's one of the best entrees for somebody who's just starting out on the road to Judaism. It's one of the best ways to do it is to get into the music. Obviously, the, uh, the slower, more, more uh, Hamish sure. material also is helpful. Yeah, it definitely helps. Not, not just the alternative music, but even, that, even some of the traditional music is very helpful, and people should take advantage of that. Uh, Aryeh Kunstler, the star of the Help Me Out 2016 Kosher Halftime Show, 2017? 2017. You were the star of 2017? 2017. Wow. Arye Kunstler, the star of the 2017 That's right. Kosher Halftime the, Show. The now... Uh, yeah, well, I don't know what they call it now. It was the GOAT, and now it's now it's Mike's Burgers. What was it when we were there? It was the Halftime, what was it called? halftime Grill or something. No, what was it called? Courtside. Courtside, courtside, courtside. It was that the was Courtside fun. Grill that night. I remember that evening. 
And have you heard any rumors about the 2019 Kosher Halftime Show? I have not. Good. I mean, last, that means last the lid is on tight. Last year's was pretty, pretty last, up last there. Year was different. Yeah, last, last year was different. We went the music video route instead you know, of the live performance route. It was fantastic. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. We'll see what happens this time around. Arye, good luck tonight. Thank you very great much. Always you. great to see you. Call Thanks for having me. Arye Kunstler, everybody. Come on. Arye Kunstler. Give Thank it up you. for Arye Kunstler. There you go. Uh, meanwhile, we get to play another one of his selections from the NCSY Bencher app at the Nahum Siegel Network. Oh, 
All right, it's an Alcom Single Network. It's officially a big national NCSY event because Akiva Naiman is here. So it's officially an international, or national, I should say, NCSY. You, do you want to say hi? Do you want to you give a little shout-out to all those, uh, all those uh, fans of yours who are tuned in at the moment, Akiva Naiman? I can't tell if this is actually live or just oh, it's live, all right. Trust to the me. Seagulls in Jerusalem. <laughs> it's live to them and it's live to the rest of the world. Uh, how are things in Northern California? Thank God it's going really great. I mean, we thought of all these corners of the earth we could send you to, and they came up with Northern California. It was the farthest they could send to, so that, that's where they chose. <laughs> and the Siegel family, excuse me, the Naaman family out there is doing well. <laughs> the Naaman <laughs> family is doing well. All right. Siegel's name. Can I say Siegel slash is, is, Naaman? Is there a difference? Oh, listen, in Northern California, it's Siegel hyphen Naaman. There you go. That's, so, there you go. that's correct. I'm it's actually, it's Grossman hyphen Siegel hyphen Naaman. I got to stay with the top. <laughs> so you, know, you need all three, don't you? In those parts of the country. Yeah, yeah exactly. The more names, the better. Now, here's what Akiva revealed to me. Listen to this. He brought three Colel guys with him. Is that accurate? Thank God, yes. You brought three Colel guys with you. Now, last year, NorCal had no Colel guys. Correct. This now they've got four. Yes. That's amazing. What growth. God will, yes, and God willing, doubling by next year. And this Kolel is is doing what you think a Kolel should do, and that is both study Torah and teach Torah? Exactly that. We learn every single morning together, uh, and then uh, the all of us, we go to different schools, public schools, private schools, Jewish schools, and teach during the lunch times. Uh, come back, the fellows, it's a, we're calling it a fellowship, fellowship slash Kolel, nice. working with different names. Uh, they get to do online classes in college, whatever it is that they're studying at the time. And at night times, we do Latte Learns, Mishmar, we also have a really close partnership with the uh, Hebrew school and a conservative temple out there, and we're teaching there as well. And how has the reception been among the youth? Are Th they appreciating the Torah that they're taught? Yes, and some uh, something I was very worried about was bringing in you know new faces. Right. You know how they're gonna it's gonna take them too long to you know build a relationship, but. Thank God the staff we have is amazing, and it's been really, really successful. You remember the last time that you tried to uh, recruit some Coel people for NorCal? You remember what happened? When, with the, that, the, yeah, the, with, yeah, the, with that guy. Yeah, yeah, with so, that guy, yeah. With that guy. So what happens was, quick story, Akiva <laughs> Naiman, uh, I introduced him to somebody who I'm a great admirer of because this gentleman is a great ball player yes. and at the same time a great tourist scholar. Yes. And I introduced him to and I introduced him to you because I wanted you to meet someone like this, not thinking that you might try to take him off the Yeshiva University basketball team <laughs> to bring him to California. Thank goodness. My main goal in life. Thank goodness the recruiting, as good as you are, and trust me, you're good, but thank goodness the recruiting didn't work. Nope. And Tyler is still going to be on the team Tyler, this year. Tyler, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was a pretty funny episode. When, when, yeah, Uncle Malcolm, thank you for introducing it to you. I, I want to offer him this. And that. No, no, <laughs> he's, staying, he's staying at YU. <laughs> Yes, Miriam Allen. I have to tell you what just happened. Uh -oh. I, I WhatsApped two pictures to a member of your family. Uh -oh. One of Martin Leibovich right. and one of the gentleman to your right. <laughs> Guess who was referred to as the legend? <laughs> This really, must, this really must stop. Now, now do you know who you're being compared to? This, yes, this, I, I just, you know, I just Martin is, is from Argentina, a yeah, Jewish yeah. leader, now going to be a rabbi, and one of the legends of Yeshiva University basketball, ironically enough, after this story. But when this person got those two pictures, they're looking at you and calling you the legend. Explain the fairness of this world, or lack thereof, I would Akiva. say if the, fami the family is blinded. The family is blinded. <laughs> yeah, how is it that you got such an amazing reputation in the Siegel family? It's incredible. You're enjoying an amazing run. <laughs> I'm still very much surprised. Thank you very much. I give you the best. Great seeing you. Best regards to California. I'll pass it on. Well, you know, you know the next time we'll see Akiva at another NCSY function. That's the only way That'll be the only <laughs> way we see Or a family so reunion. Or a family reunion baby. That's a baby. All right. We're at, we're at StaffCon. StaffCon here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
on a Monday night, Tuesday morning. And Meira Spivak is here. And Meira Spivak has the distinction of, um, of being the Oregon director. That's the state of Oregon director of or, NCAA. Oregon. Oregon, is that yes, what we say? Wrong, the Oregon director. See, see, where I'm from, we say Oregon. Yeah, I know. I'm from New York. So, so we'll knowing where the bulk of my audience is, I may stick with that one, frankly. <laughs> anyway, yeah. how are things in Oregon? Great. We love it. We love it there. Oregon has how many cities that have noticeable Jewish communities, as noticeable as a community can be, you know, in Oregon? How, how many communities, how so many cities? So Portland is the main one. Right. Right. Um, and then we also have a college program at, in Eugene, Oregon, which is where our campus is, but they don't have a community. So we made a community on campus. But in terms of like if you went there, you wouldn't be like, oh. Now, which is – Eugene is which campus? So Eugene is University of Oregon. What is that, Yoni? That's the Ducks or the other the ones? Ducks, the That's ducks. the Ducks? Yeah, yeah. And which is the other one? That's o I'm asking Yoni. He's my football <laughs> expert. I have to ask him. OSU, OSU is the Beavers. Oh, so there's the Beavers yes, for OSU. Yes. And then there's, so that, okay. there's a big rivalry, yes, right? Yes, big. Big, are they near each other? Are they near each 45 other? Forty-five minutes away. That's it. Yeah. Oh, so it's like a real big thing. You yeah. got to you got to decide who you're rooting for. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you could say that again. It probably splits families and everything. <laughs> anyway, so you have Eugene, you have Portland. Those are the two main. Those ones. Those are the main ones, yeah. And then there's like scattered, you know, people. But right now, um, I, I said this earlier to guests of ours who are from South America, and I said this uh, to guests of ours who are from Las Vegas. Can you describe to us who are used to a more, I don't know, robust Okay. Jewish community. Could you describe to us what the Portland and Eugene communities are like? I mean, okay, Eugene has nothing, so I'll go with Portland. <laughs> literally nothing? There's a minion I mean, there's, there, isn't it? There's a, sometimes. Oh, really? On Shabbos sometimes. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's not a... It's really in the boondocks. Wow, yeah. interesting. Okay, yeah, so that's Eugene. Really, yeah, Portland's more of like a more established city. Right. Uh, when we came there, 12 years ago, it wasn't like that. Where but, were you from? Um, I'm from New York, and so is my husband. I'm from Queens. He's from Brooklyn. And so you decided to go to Portland. Yeah, my husband thinks he married out of town. <laughs> because I'm from Queens. Um, and we w actually, we were living in Israel, and someone told us that this call is starting. Um, and of course, classic New York, like we're on, they convinced us to go check it out. We're on the plane, like looking at the maps, being like, wait, is Oregon like an actual state? Oregon, right? right? Is Oregon a real state? And like looking at the map, where is it? Um, but we came, and we, I mean, for me, I remember going to the Latian Learn that they had, NCSY had a Latian Learn, and it was run by a volunteer at the time. And um, I just remember going there and seeing like five kids sitting around in Starbucks and being like, this could be so much bigger. So that to me was like really like I felt like it was my calling. 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Yeah. How many kids are there now in these programs? Um, I mean, we have hundreds of kids in our program. So it's really, it's really special. And we love it. And we have a, yeah, it's great. Las Vegas, excuse me, Las Vegas. I still have Vegas on my mind. Uh, the uh, director of uh, Oregon, Oregon NCS, so I meet Yuri Spivak is here. Um, Portland is where Rabbi Oppenheimer was the rabbi? So the funny thing is, yes, he was the rabbi in Oregon, and now he actually moved, um, he ended up moving to Queens, and he became my parents' rabbi in Correct. their shul. So it was super fun, and now he's in Israel. So they were out there when you were there at the beginning? No, we missed them. They left oh, and we they're came. Oh, I didn't they know they were gone, gone that long. Yeah. That's interesting. And who is the rabbi now in Portland? So Rabbi uh, Brodkin is the rabbi of the shul, and Rabbi Fisher is the head of the kolal. Uh-huh, mm, interesting. So there's so been a bit of a change out there, I see. Yeah. So uh, what happens in the uh, in the firm community when it's time for uh, kids to go to school, high school, et cetera? Are there day schools out there in uh So in the currently Portland there's area? no Jewish high school. Um, my oldest daughter, we ended up sending away for 11th grade. She went to Bissac of LA. And then I have two boys who we actually sent also for high school. But we're hoping in the next year or two that there will be um, some sort of high school. And is there a day school? A, a yes. So school Mayan is the Orthodox day school. Um, the, for Really, it's a mix of kids. Not everyone's Orthodox. It's some kids are, some aren't. And it started seven or eight years ago. 
and it's over 100 kids this year. It's really amazing. How do you recruit for NCSY out there? What's the secret hmm. to, to finding, okay. identifying, and then bringing in these students to be part of your program? Okay, so we, JSU, our Jewish Student Union Clubs in the public schools, is a big recruiter of ours. Um, we also run a program called Jewish Driver's Ed. Ah! Yeah, we have Jewish SAT prep. We have a lot of anything That's that can smart. get the kids. Yeah, That's any, really smart. Yeah, and the goal is, is that, like, do something you're doing anyway, but do it with us. So we just had last weekend, we had a big Shabbat Top Chef cooking competition. The kids, this is an amazing event. I really think it should be replicated. We found a day when the kids are off school. They come all day, they cook, like the whole day. And then that night, their parents come for Shabbos for dinner, and they serve their parents. And then the parents are judging, and we brought in professional judges, and it was, like, amazing. So, like, the whole family is impacted. And that's really where we're headed, that it's not just working with the middle schools, with the high schools, with the college students, but if we can get the whole family involved, it's like a world of a difference. Are there enough people out there who uh, are living in Portland that, you know, where you could fill positions of advisors and, and you know, uh, uh, directors of the different programs? So it is hard. Usually when we have to hire, we have to hire from outside, and we're usually bringing in another couple. That's usually what it means. We have advisors that we fly out every six weeks to, you know, hang out with the teens, but yeah. it's not, you know, we can't pool from, like, New York. Right. Um, it's definitely and you can't really pull from LA either. I mean, it's, it's also it's a, tr it's a flight. Yeah, it's a distance. Yeah, it's a distance. Uh, and Shabbatonim is that a big part of the? Uh, yeah, we love it. I mean, Shabbatons are we have all the time. We have Shabbat Shabbang, so that's our <laughs> Friday night program for kids that can't commit to a Shabbaton. Then we have Shabbatons. We have two local in Portland. We go to nearby cities, Seattle, Vancouver, things like that. We go on regionals. We have Yarchikala. I mean, we're sending kids to TGJ and summer programs. I mean, it's it's crucial gap years, seminaries. They're really part, Portland's part of what? It's a part West of Coast. the whole West Coast yeah, region? Yeah, Does that yeah. include California? Yeah. So there are times when you actually go to California? We go there twice a year. Wow. Yeah, we take the kids. We're going a few weeks. It's hard to believe what's going on in some of these cities around the country. I'll tell you that much. Why is StaffCon, Meira Spivak, such an important event? Well, it's important for me because I feel like, you know, sometimes in Portland, we just feel like we're just by ourselves. You know, we have our team and we have our Oregon staff. And, you know, sometimes we meet the West Coast people. But when you come here, you really know that you're part of a bigger picture. Like, it's really... It's amazing you come together, and then you can learn from the people that are doing your position in other cities. You network, you bond, you get ideas. You could, you really just, you're working together as a group. It sounds like you might have ideas to share with other people that they'd be interested in here, frankly. <laughs> a lot of innovative stuff ideas. going on in your right. region. Yeah, but um, really, I mean, everyone's, everyone's involved. The whole city really helps out. We're in a great community. My husband is always involved. Like, it's just, it's amazing. We love oh, it there. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'll tell you. You've really, uh, you've made quite, I don't, I don't know if sacrifice is the right word, but you've made quite a commitment quite a commitment to one of the far-flung cities of the United States. Yeah, it definitely is far-flung. <laughs> definitely, I was just laughing with my husband. I was speaking to him before I came I'm on, and I, we were talking about the Nazir that we had a year or two in Portland. Somebody showed up and said, you know, I'm a Nazir, and uh, I'm not even joking. The real deal Nazir. The real deal Nazir. He's like, I don't know. I opened up the Torah, and I saw that you should be someone. There's a mitzvah about a Nazir. I'm like, did you ever hear of Shabbos? Why not start with that one, But right? they started with Nazir. I'm not joking. They came in like a long hair, bun to the floor, you know, the whole thing. He's like, I think I'm, I'm done. I've done this for two years. I need to nullify my vows. It's been amazing. Like, really? Like, it never <laughs> what ends. What a story. I'll it tell never you. ends. It never what ends. It's amazing. Did you have to call in nullifiers in order to... Uh, we, had <laughs> a, we, got, we had to call in some Rabbanim <laughs> to get some... Um, to serve as yeah. nullifiers of the vow. Unbelievable. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, Meira Spivak, next time you're in Portland... Yes. Next time you're in Portland, folks, yes. look up the Spivak family. Yeah, totally. And you should know, we actually had a, we had a house fire, unfortunately, two years ago. And the community was like... Unbelievable, and now we set up our house that you know we have three ovens, so we can cook for lots of people. So anybody's invited, we'd love to have them. Well, yeah. pl a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. you and too. best regards to the Pacific Northwest. 
Thank you. And you should know Martin Leibovich's family was living in Portland for the last many, many years. So we know them Meaning too. Meaning his parents? Yeah, his whole family was living in Portland. So it's a small world. I'll tell you, it certainly is. Everyone's connected. Everyone's connected. It's amazing. Thank you very much. Be Iris Spivak, Oregon Thank Director you for having of us. NCSY. An absolute pleasure. Uh, are we going here? More coming up. Keep it right here, everybody, as we continue with the Malcolm Single Network special from NCSY's StaffCon, live from the Crown Plaza in Stamford, Connecticut.
Well, I wouldn't have the nerve to say that it wasn't worth the trip to Connecticut anyway, because we met some amazing people, but uh, because of the gentleman who now sits to my right, um, I would say even more so was worth the trip to Connecticut. He is officially the mashpia uh, here with uh, NCSY, in addition to his responsibilities as executive director at Camp Hask, uh, the mashpia for the NCSY organization is the one and only, and how uncomfortable would he be being referred to that way? That's why I keep emphasizing it. The one and only Rabbi Judah Michelle. Uh, Rabbi Michelle, welcome. Hi. I hope you have greetings for us from the holy city of Jerusalem. I have holy from the holy city of Jerusalem and from uh, Ramat Beit Shemesh. Ah, how are things in Beit Shemesh? Uh, things are beautiful. Um, it was wonderful to see you during the summer. Your work, uh, your work uh, during the summer is uh, well noted, and obviously it goes on all twelve months of the year. Uh, but you're now, uh, you've added to your resume, or it has been added, maybe I should say, to your <laughs> resume, the role of mashpia for NCSY. Would you take a minute to describe for us what that means? Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, what it means is that um, the OU and NCSY as an organization recognizes that they have just the most unbelievable resource, that the young people who are working um, as advisors, uh, who are working on staff here, are just the, the best and the brightest and the most dedicated in the generation. And uh, I'm, I'm the luckiest guy on earth. I have, throughout the year, the opportunity to meet the most, the best, the, 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 the guys and girls, uh, college students and yeshiva students, seminary students, and, and afterwards who are dedicating themselves for Klal Yisrael uh, during the summer on NCSY summer programs and, um, and other programs like at Camp Ask, and uh, as advisors throughout the year. Uh, as a mashpia, I have the, the great privilege and charged with the, I guess, with the task of, of helping cultivate opportunities for those advisors and for the staff at NCSY to, you know, to, to continue their education and, th and their growth, to help the inspirers remain inspired. And the list of those opportunities seems to be endless, frankly. That's amazing. There it's are so amazing. many ways that it's young amazing. people can incorporate a new level or a different level of spirituality in their lives yeah. to really not just affect them, but have them in turn affect others. Yeah, and it's and it's also you're talking about such a such a, a brain trust and a heart trust, such great, uh, motivated, hardworking people who really are putting the Jewish people first, um, and the OU and CSY are, are 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 just putting more effort and more resources, um, and trying to create meaningful programming for them. Uh, as the, the next generation of leaders in the Jewish community. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I asked this, sorry, I'm sorry for interrupting. I asked this, sorry, Benefits earlier. But now that it's an hour into the show, I'm much more... I'm warmed a, up. I'm much more primed for this. <laughs> it, wouldn't you agree that very often, especially in the Jewish world, the more formal a program or the more formal training gets or the more formal people are given titles, very often there's a... I don't know, an X factor that seems to, seems to leave the atmosphere. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it's not, it, it, and here it seems to be the exact opposite. It <laughs> seems that the more they formalize things and the more they train people to advance and to take positions that they thought earlier they wouldn't be able to do, it seems that that whole spirit just gets stronger and stronger. How do you yeah. explain it? That's Lashem Shemaim because it's for the right reasons. And something's true and something's real, it, ha it has lasting power. And professionalizing this organization that in the no last number of years it really... Have uh, have led the Jewish community in, in in introducing, you know, new measures of uh, of success and, and and different ways of uh, of analyzing what works um, and really professionalizing outreach and uh, education right. and inspiration 
uh, and training and investing in the staff and investing in the programming, um, like to use, the, to use the, the, the imagery of a Sefer Torah, the black letters are being written beautifully with real form uh, but by expert Sofrim. And they're also providing the, the white fire around it, the, the context in which those letters are written uh, in the informality of it. And the, the, the relationship building that's taking place here is extraordinary. And that, that's kind of what's exciting about the, uh, you know, the creating this, this new role, right. which um, is very much a, an informal role. I mean, a mashpia is a... It's formally by, informal. Correct. And by definition, it's about creating, helping cultivate an environment and, and kind of build... Uh, the surrounding environment. Right. Um, it's been amazing. I've been here for just a couple of hours. The the, the amount of of of, of dedication, yeah, and a lot of energy in this here. room. Oh, yes, it's, you're no just talking not. about the dedication and the uh, the commitment to, to to transmitting values and reaching Claudius Israel is unbe- it's unbelievable. It's Rab- unparalleled. Rabbi Judah Michelle is here. This is not a judgment. It's it's to get to a point. When you're in Ramat Beit Shemesh, do you think of the staff in Portland, Oregon? That's that's to a degree sitting by themselves, conveying all of this to, to Jewish youth, many of whom are completely unaffiliated and unfamiliar with our ritual? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, my, Rabbi Benevitz is my neighbor. <laughs> he keeps you on your toes. <laughs> friends and neighbors. He lives right, uh, right down the block, literally. So he'll update you on Portland and Vegas no, but, but and, and Jacksonville. But even without that, I, 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 since taking this position, I, I go on the uh, OUNCSY website right. sometimes. I just scroll through the different programs in different regions and, and, and daven over it and think about it all the time. You know, I mean, you're thinking about leaders in Kal Yisrael in the last 100 years. I mean, there's no one who's been a greater influence than the Lubavitcher Rebbe. The Rebbe was sitting in his office in 770, never left, right. didn't leave, didn't leave there, and yet was connected to the heartbeat of the entire world. It's that model of, of having an expansive vision in Kal Yisrael, saying that wherever we are, you know, if we bind ourselves, B'Shem Kol Yisrael, to the entirety of the Jewish people. When we start our davening with Vahavta L'Recha Kamocha, and then, you know, the entire day can be focused on it. Just going through the list of cities where these advisors are going to, where these regional directors with incredible Masir Nefesh are out there, uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, and it's, it's, it's humbling. They keep saying to me, oh, what are we doing with this? What are we doing with that? And I said, I don't know, you tell me. I'm, 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 I'm enamored by him and all of these people. It's really unbelievable. More with Rabbi Judah Michel this coming Monday morning when he joins us again on JM in the AM. And we look forward to that uh, discussion. And thank you so much for being with us here thank tonight. Thank you. It's awesome that you're here. Rabbi Judah Michel. I always everybody. say to you, I know that uh, something is awesome when, uh, when the Nachum Siegel Network is covering Wow. Let's isolate that quote, everybody. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you so much. Well... One of the uh, <laughs> one of the real fun lovers here at NCSY is now sitting to my right, and that's uh, Rabbi Kivi Fried. Uh-huh. For, the, for those of you who are paying careful attention to tonight's Chagas Micha, I'm going to have to get used to hearing that. Rabbi, Rabbi Kivi Fried, amazing. He is the Associate International Director of NCSY. Last time you were in my studio, I believe, was the NCSY Venture app, Correct. if I'm not mistaken. That was as far as I'm concerned. An amazing project. I'm sure plenty has happened since then. Welcome back to the Nachum Siegel Network. So first of all, big mazel tov. When did you decide that uh, you're going to take a couple of years and really concentrate on becoming a rabbi? Well, uh, it's a great question, Nachum. I, I've been, Baruch Hashem, I've been learning for years. You know, Gemara Rashi, just going and going. And to be honest, I was getting a little bit tired of just uh, the same old mahalach of learning, the same just path of learning. 
and I uh, I was I was looking what could I what how could I enhance how could I grow more how could I as Rabbi Lashak like say how could your cup be overflowing sure. and be inspired to continue to learn and uh, this program became available um, and uh, it, it I was attracted to it and uh, it's it's transformative and it transformed my learning and transformed my life. I have not asked any of the other musmachim that we've spoken to tonight this question. Um, does the program include Talmud, Halacha, a variety of subjects, a whole bunch of stuff? Like, how would you? Sure, it 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 it's, it, it takes a uh, a topic. So let's take um, you know Shahia. We learn Shahia, right. Chazara, Bishol. Um, All Shabbos Yichud. topics. Yeah, Shabbos topics. Yichud, which is very right, relevant very to, in NCSY, and um, and Hagalas Kalim, kashering a, a, right. a kitchen both for Pesach and for during the year. And it starts it from the beginning, from the Pesukim in the Torah, and it brings it all the way through until modern-day Poskin, wow. until, you know, Rav Moshe Feinstein, Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach, Rabbi Fried is a, was a close talmud of Rav Shlomo Zaman Orbach. So he brings down a lot of different halacha, even things that he saw in his own, in, in Rav Shlomo Zaman's house. TV Fried is with us, and you just raised such an important point. There are regular halachic, um, halachic procedures that an NCSY leader better know that a lot of rabbis in a lot of communities may not have to know, frankly. Sorry. I don't know how many rabbis in some of our young Israel communities have ever kashered someone's kitchen. But in your case, or I should say in NCSY's case, they may be coming across a family that wants to make this commitment and get it going. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that was the whole thought behind which limudim we're going right. to go ahead and do. So whether it's uh, somebody that wants to kosher their house because they, uh, they want to have a kosher kitchen now, or whether it's even koshering it for Pesach, or, you know, one of the classic Yichud questions right. that I like to, you know, uh, tell people what, when they ask, what did you learn in Yichud? I say, we learned uh, what happens if a, uh, an NCSY professional is home at night and it's 9 o'clock at night and his wife is you know, out doing something and a 15-year-old girl shows up in his house. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Practical so, question. Very practical question. So I'm not going to give it the psaq right, that understood. I gave, but, but, it's, but it's a, it's a, a, a very practical, very relevant, and very important. And the Shabbos material, yeah. I mean, <laughs> as someone is drifting hopefully in a positive manner, into ritual Judaism. Their basic questions about Shabbos have to be answered that a lot of rabbis, frankly, again, nothing against rabbis. I'm saying a lot of people may not, real, may not remember or, sure. or know how to research yet the minutia of certain things that they're asking about. So all these things sure, are so Sure, yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible. And, you know, um, I think the beauty of it all is also that, you know, you could find books nowadays. You could, you could open up any, any book and find an answer. But teens... What people forget is how inquisitive they are and how smart they are. Why is it and, like and that? And why, but why, but why, why? Why can I do this? Why can't I do that? How come in this case it's like this, in this case it's like that? And when you're able to go ahead and, and really explain it to them and take them through the entire path that you've gone through, wow. Then, then, it's, then it's deep. It's not just inspiration. It's impact. What year did you first walk into NCS1? It's been eight years almost. Eight years? It's been eight years. Yeah, Steve Berg. Uh, brought me in many nice. years ago, and uh, it's been great. You're now Associate International Director. Uh, where do you base yourself? Are you in New York? I am in New York. I'm uh, A lot of traveling or not necessary? It depends on the time of year, but uh, I, get my, I get my trips, and I, I know you spoke with Martin yeah, and Michael boy. earlier. Have you seen their communities up front? So I've been down to Santiago, Chile, and Buenos Aires, Argentina. I've spent considerable time with both of them. How inspiring is that? It's unbelievable. 
It's really, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable walking down there seeing the NCSY logo, <laughs> but it's, it's also unbelievable walking into, it's the same thing. You walk into, I mean, except in, in Santiago, Chile, Michael said to me, you have to come to the pizza store. We're going to have 50, 60, 70 kids there. And he did. And he had 50, 60, 70 kids, but Nachum, they served pizza with pineapple on it. Oh, my gosh. Do they, know how, do they know how criminal that is? It's criminal. I couldn't eat it. I couldn't eat it. <laughs> Thank God that was the only problem. Yeah, yeah, Rabbi Kivi Freed, as of tonight's Chagas Micha, it's Rabbi. Mazel tov to Thank you. you so Continued much, success with NCSY. You're doing incredible work and great to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. A pleasure. Rabbi we should continue Kivi to change Freed. the world together I appreciate and do great that things. And uh, Bar Hashem had ain't a party without Aryeh, so he's here also, and we're going to have a great time. No question about it. He knows how to rock the place, huh? All right. Thank <laughs> you. Sure. Well, the leader of all of this, the. Um, <laughs> The man who gets the opportunity not just to lead, but to shep all this nachas is the executive vice president of the OU, of course. And that is uh, Alan Fagan, who is with us as the crowd has gathered around us and is enjoying a delicious and very productive networking session here tonight. Alan, welcome back to the Nachum Single Network. How are you, Nachum? Great to see you. It is amazing how every time I see you, it has to do with leadership. Every time I see you, it has to do with what Jewish leaders are doing to uh, inspire kids, in the case of uh, Yom Enziswai and your summer programs. Uh, it's incredible to, uh, to spend time with you talking about your, your rabbis and even your kashras division, frankly, that to such a large degree is doing so much for the Jewish community worldwide. And then we come here tonight to StaffCon, and we meet personality after personality after personality, male and female, who are in different areas of the United States and the world and affecting incredibly positive change. To be surrounded by this type of leadership must be heartwarming. It's, it's, uh, it's heartwarming. It, uh, there's enough enthusiasm and inspiration in this room <laughs> to last all of us an entire year. That's true. It's, uh, it's extraordinary. You know, you, you talked about the diversity of the, of the crowd. Uh, what, what astonishes me is the geographic diversity of the crowd. I'm, I'm meeting our McCarvim from Charlotte and from Savannah and from Omaha, Nebraska, and from Las Vegas, Nevada, from, from places that we don't typically think of as having significant Jewish populations. Even South America? Even South America. Uh, we, we have some of our musmachim tonight are from Chile uh, and, and from Argentina. It's, uh, it, it, it's extraordinary. The, uh, the reach, not just in terms of numbers, but the reach geographically. There is almost no community where we don't have NCSY representatives who are there every day uh, battling the, the, the staggering, staggering challenges that uh, our community face. I must ask you this, um, and Rabbi Rockoff was with us last week, basically gave you all the credit for it. The, the formalization, the formalizing of all this leadership training, um, making the effort to retain staff, making the effort to take staff and advance them, promote them when appropriate. All this under your leadership has really been formalized, has become a what seems to us, frankly, as, as outside observers, as a scientific method. That's what it seems like to us. And the way he described it with great pride, it, it looks like a lot of crunching numbers, a lot of you know, data that, that, you know, goes into all of this. Tell us about 
bringing this type of system into the OU and NCSY? You know, we, we've tried very, very hard over the last couple of years to try to balance probably two totally conflicting notions. Uh-huh. The, the first is to run an organization the way the most professional and enlightened companies would run with appropriate emphasis on professional development, on staff training, on mentoring, on promotional opportunity, on career progression and career laddering, the use of data to analyze what we're doing, to see if we're being effective, where we're being effective, what factors are leading us to be effective and what factors are not, and to improve our programming based on real collection of data and the analysis of that data. That's sort of one half of what we're doing. And if we can balance that without forgetting that we are in the neshama business, and that's something that can't be quantified. Saving a Jewish soul can't be quantified. There there are no objective measurements of that. And so we're trying to import to the extent possible professionalization, management techniques, so that we run as optimally and efficiently as we can without ever forgetting that we're talking about saving Jewish souls one at a time. Right, and the point that I've made earlier tonight is that I think many people would find it hard to believe that that data-driven philosophy does not push you away from that goal. And that's what's so remarkable. That, that that's is, how you know you're L'Shem Shemayim. And, because and that's the essence of NCSY. Right. Is that we can do it. We can, we can do it professionally. We can keep our eye on the ball uh, in terms of recognizing that every penny we spend has to be spent wisely and productively and optimally. And yet at the same time, we can have this kind of gathering with hundreds of staff members from all across the globe who come together to learn Torah together, to derive inspiration from one another, and to learn all of the techniques that are necessary to do their jobs as well as they possibly can. Alan Fagan with us, Executive Vice President of the OU. This whole notion of going international, I mean, the proverbial biting off more than you could chew, I can only imagine the pushback among the professionals in this organization, whether it was during your term or earlier, when this whole international concept with NCSY programming was introduced. Wouldn't you agree that the odds are against there being success in countries that may not be used to the NCSY system in North America and that the fact that it has succeeded, I mean, we saw tonight just South America, which is astounding, the success that they're feeling down there. Incredible. I mean, wouldn't you say that it's sort of you know, went against all odds in, in succeeding? I, I don't know. Uh, certainly, you can't go into a non-American culture yeah. without having staff on the ground who clearly understand the community and the culture in which they operate. Right. We're very, very lucky that we have staff in Chile, we have staff in Argentina, who understand the community, they're from the community, they understand the community, they understand the kids, uh, and and therefore they're able to operate uh, uh, in a perfectly uh, comfortable way where they are. Uh, the same is true in Israel. 
we were nervous about going into and the communities there in Israel, is, and we've had enormous success there. The success there, honestly, is baffling to a lot of professionals. I'm being serious. Knowing what they call Israeli culture, knowing what they know right. as Israeli youth, I mean, there are a lot of people right. who are shocked that it's working right. so well over there. At, at, at the end of the day, uh, the, there's, there's no secret sauce. Uh, I wish I wish we had it and <laughs> could easier, bottle huh? it and, uh, and and take it everywhere. It, it, the, what 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 NCSY staff is capable of doing is establishing relationships, and those relationships are established one on one with with staff members who really care about kids and their development, about trying to help them along whatever Jewish journey they've embarked on. Right. Some will take that journey in an incredibly Very long distance right. uh, uh, in, in ways that we're enormously proud of. Others are going to take some very tentative first steps. We take pride uh, in every kid who begins that journey and continues it in whatever way they can. Uh, that's, that's what we owe to Klal Yisra. Yeah. And that's what we try very hard to do. And you're doing it very well. Um, the we, we watch, in all, frankly, frankly, I know a lot about NCSY. But when I come to these events and speak to people like you and others who we've spoken to tonight, it's amazing what I'm able to learn. And here's what, one of the things I learned tonight. You've gone ahead and made a commitment to advancing people as far as they can go, right? Responsibly. No Peter principle, let them get to where they really can get to. And you have what I have been, the way it's been presented to me, basically 16 people who said to themselves, you know what, if I'm going to get further, if I'm going to be more serious in my role with NCSY, with Jewish education, etc., I need the title rabbi in front of it. And they figured out a way with your staff to make this happen. And I think just that recognition shows us that you're dealing with people who are, you know, looking Many steps ahead. No, no question. It, it's, it's, it really goes way beyond title. These folks were outstanding uh, uh, McCarvin youth workers without the title of rabbi. Right. I, I think what this reflects uh, is not a desire to earn another degree uh, or to be able to put rabbi before their name. Right. What yeah, this, most of them, it doesn't seem like that at all. It's not. It, it's, it's nothing about that. It, it's not at all about that. <laughs> What it, what it is about, and, and what's really beautiful about this evening, is that the, 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 the pervasive atmosphere in NCSY is what we have to offer is all based on Torah. And the moment that we stop learning, the moment we stop growing as individuals and as educators, is the moment that we probably should hang up our 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 uh, our spurs and say we can't we, we can't do our jobs right. with the inspiration and the passion that really is required. This is a commitment by these fifteen guys to say I'm going to continue my learning, continue my education. The relationships that I establish are relationships that are based on the values that I impart. The stronger those values are for me, the more they're based on my continuing to learn. The modeling that I do for these kids to say, you need to learn. If I'm not learning, we're not going to persuade them to keep learning. And, and that's what the organization is really all about. That's what I think is so beautiful about, about tonight's And knowing uh, your background, I would bet you'd agree with this. That there's nothing that says that to the youth 
than when someone goes for a formal advanced degree. Yes. Not for the name, as you said, not for the title. Absolutely right. But a serious program. I, I said earlier that, you know, Jewish, Jewish mothers in the old days would say, you know, you're very talented, but if you had a college degree, your talent would be even more refined. Right. And sometimes it takes decades for people like myself to understand that. But it's, but it's true. And when you have that advanced degree and you're pursuing it and showing the youth how important it is to you, I think it only encourages them to keep advancing. It, it's it's the, the, the ability to model that externally to the, to the teens that they're working with. Yeah. And frankly, it's the ability to model it to their own families right. and to their kids saying, with, with all of the hours that I'm putting in, as hard as I'm working, Look I'm going to find time to continue to learn, continue my education, continue to grow along my own spiritual journey, uh, and, and therefore to be able to encourage others to do the same. You know, it's a lot less noisier than a Yom Why Have you noticed that? <laughs> it's much easier to conduct a conversation. Did you notice it, that? It, it's, it's a one-man band. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know how to do it here. There we have to think of a way to tone things down. Just kidding. Just kidding, right. David Cutler. Uh, Alan Fagan, Executive Vice President of the OU. Um, will the data tell us if this event was a success? I, th I think the data will tell us uh, what we're accomplishing. And if we're accomplishing more with the kids, then this event was, uh, uh, was an enormous success. And I think that's exactly what it's going to show, frankly. The networking opportunities here, a lot of people think that only those from out of town are looking toward the bigger cities to get ideas and to implement uh, them. And I'm just, watching just how those opposite. from out of town are giving ideas sure. to people that are entrenched in 100%, this. 100%, because in many ways, their job is that much more difficult. Right, they have to be more creative. Much more creative, much more aggressive. Uh, uh, and, and so everybody is learning from, from one another. You traveling around, seeing some of these regions and chapters? Or? Sure, I was just uh, I, I was just in Maryland uh, last week and visited one of our JSU clubs uh, uh, in Maryland, uh, one of our public high school clubs, of which there are now 278 around the United States. 278 public high schools and private schools, non uh, non uh, day schools, uh, in which we have. Uh, uh, programming. Unbelievable. And we, I guess it's an opportunity to thank all the Starbucks and coffee and beans that also <laughs> participate, right? Because a lot of the programming goes on there. Absolutely. Alan Fagan, Executive Vice President of the OU. There's something about being here, just like when you go to Baltimore or to Maryland and see it in action. There's something for us to be here and see this in action. It's just amazing. I mean, I was told last week, as I mentioned to you, the data, the efforts, the advancement, the encouraging, the retaining the staff, all that. But here, you get a real opportunity to see it in action. You see it, you see it all, uh, all together. So I thank you very much. Thank you. Alan Fagan, Executive Vice President. Great to be oh, with you. Wonderful to be here, and thank you so much for joining me. Uh, more coming up. Arya Kunstler is our featured uh, present, the presenter this evening as we continue here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
Malcolm Siegel Network, Monday Night Staff Con, NCSY. Well, earlier in this show, you may recall that uh, Martin Leibovich joined us, and I told the story, and he told the story, about his uh, coming up to Yeshiva University about 10 years ago, becoming part of the Yeshiva University men's basketball program under the leadership of Coach Jonathan Halpert, who I'm honored to have sitting to my right. Good evening, sir. And I, oh, you have it? You have the coach's mic on? Thank you. Good evening, Coach. Good evening, Dachel. And um, I did some research. I did some research. I said to, uh, I called Lior Hode. I said, you know, the Seagulls were in the stands during that era. I'm trying to remember Martin, number 11, and how he played and everything. Did he know anything about Judaism? And Lior says to me, Nachum, <laughs> he knew one thing, and that was how to put the ball in the basket. <laughs> that was it. That, that's correct. <laughs> the other thing he knew, which is very interesting, is that he felt that he had personally been the recipient of a lot of anti-Semitism while he played in Argentina. And uh, I don't know if you've this, uh, ever heard the story, but we had, we had a, a close game. I don't recall the team anymore. In any case, Martin got upset, got frustrated with the referee's calls, uh, said something, and the referee called, uh, assessed him a technical foul. And my policy always was, uh, you get a technical foul, you come out of the game. Uh, didn't matter to me who was right and who was wrong. I think Martin was right, but took him out of the game. And we, we were losing at the time when I took him out, and we went on, subsequently went on, and we lost by, uh, doesn't matter, 10 points, 12 points. And after the game, uh, I came upstairs, and there was Martin in the lobby, and he was, uh, he was crying and angry, very, very angry at me. How could you do that? How could you do that? I said, what are you, you know, he said, how could you take me out of the game? I said, well, you got a technical foul. He says, yeah, but don't you know that the referees, only reason they called that foul on me is because they were anti-Semitic. Wow. So I said, listen, Martin, I'll tell you what, this is not the time to talk because after the game, you're very sure. emotional and so on and so forth. I said, let's make up. I'll come up with me tomorrow morning and we'll talk. I just, I just want to let you know that the referee who assessed the technical, technical foul is Jewish. Wow. But he, he said, well, he was in Argentina. His sure. experience with the referees was they were anti-Semitic, even though he wasn't strongly identified. And he carried that over, and I said, look, Juan, is there a lot of anti-Semitism? There is, but you'll learn that there are many, many non-Jews who are not anti-Semitic, you know, so I think you have to get balance. So, Very interesting. So that was, a, you know. Speaking yeah. with Coach Halpert, before I talk about your own Kirov uh, um, efforts, I do want to mention that right before the show I spoke to Jeremy Pressman, 
Oh. And I said to him, I said, you're never going to believe where I am, but I'm at Martin Leibovich's Chagasmich. And he said, what? And he said the best regards and, of course, a big Mazel Tov wish. Mm-hmm. He, w- he was the player on that roster from your book that I recognized. That's so I, right. I yeah, made Jerry, contact Jerry played four years. He <laughs> right. was a terrific player, very athletic. And he remembers being a great teammate with Martin. He yes, remembers the – That's right. It was a good team. And he was a great teammate, very unselfish player. The stories that – and some, of course, you've documented proudly. Why not? The stories that you and your family have had over the years, in the 40 years of Yeshiva University basketball, of meeting players from different parts of the world, including the U.S., who grew toward a, a, a love and appreciation of Torah, no matter what their level of observance, right. and some of whom grew into real, ritually Jewish young men. It's just amazing. And, and, and if you told the Kiru professionals that one could do this as coach of YU basketball, I don't know if they'd believe it. I think the real key of professionals would believe it because I think they understand and they use similar techniques. The best technique in terms of doing key of is through example. They talked about it inside. You know, you can't fool kids. You can't trick kids. You know, what they see with their own eyes or what they feel with their own emotions, that's what makes a difference for them, not, not, not fancy speeches. So I think in that, in, in that respect, uh, that, that's the... I think that's the entrance to Kiruv. I will tell you in all candor, I never started out to be a social worker. I had no interest in being a social worker. I was a basketball coach, and my motivation was to win. That was my job. My job was to teach the kids basketball and win. But that doesn't mean that I didn't have a certain feeling of understanding for the kids. But as it turned out, I'm more recognized because I was a social worker than I was a basketball <laughs> it's coach. So true. So, Especially uh, for the ones that really, whose lives right. you change, don't stop talking about you. Right. And, I, and, I, and I will tell you, and I will tell you in all candor, that you know, over the last few years since my exodus, uh, I've had more, you know, many kids, kids, they're 50 years old now, <laughs> come over to me and say, you have no idea what you did for me and, and how you changed my life. And I'll say to Aviva, I said, Honest to God, I, I don't know what I did. I can't recall doing anything for him. I just, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, what did I do? I didn't do anything. And the answer, and I came to understand that the real answer is I didn't do anything. I just served as a example of the way, I guess, the way I conducted myself. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, there were certain, I had certain principles. If you committed a tactical foul, you come out of the game. Right. You don't behave that way. Right. Uh, you know, we lose the game, you got to get back up on your feet and play. You know, all these, all these life lessons. But I used to talk about it all the time. I mean, I was well, Coach, you must have done something right because tonight you're at the Chaga Smicha of one of your players. So you must have done something right. I tell you, you know, <laughs> you, 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 know you, you come across these stories, and there's so many stories, and you keep saying, it's unbelievable, it's amazing. And then you hear the next story. And the, so there are lots and lots of stories like this. It's an amazing Amazing thing that this organization, what they're doing, and you know what what you can do through yeah, these no sports. Question. Sports is you know uh, yeah, yeah. That's, you can appeal to the kids you know, through the use of sports. So uh, yeah, it's for me to come here. <laughs> it's a real simple. I listen. I ran here from a doctor's. I had a four o'clock doctor's appointment at Mount Sinai. But you would have missed this, huh? <laughs> I ran here. I, I must have driven. I don't know, ninety-five miles an hour. It yeah. is great seeing you, Mazel you Tov, and I much. must say you look phenomenal, Baruch Hashem. Thank you very much. It's been a bumpy road. But, thank uh, God you look but, great. But thank God we're doing, we're, we're doing pretty good. Thanks, Coach. Great Coach Jonathan Halpert, of course. Tonight he celebrates along with Martin Leibovich, Martin Smicha. He's at his player's Chaga Smicha here, which is pretty amazing to say the least. Uh, we're here at the uh, 
We're here at the staff con, and Rabbi Tzvi Sabalovsky is with us. Rabbi Sabalovsky, a pleasure to welcome you to uh, the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much, Nachum. Pleasure uh, to be here. I appreciate that. I, um, first of all, I, I, I don't even know if you, I mean, I'm sure you could put it into words. I saw it up close and personal again this summer, the effect that the NCSY Colel has on our 10th, 11th grade boys that are there for the summer is just remarkable. I don't know how it's possible for all that to happen in just five or six weeks. Yeah, NCSY Colo is an absolutely phenomenal program. We've already had, I've already had the privilege to be part of it for 11 summers. Wow. And to be in a base medrash that's just uh, literally bursting with excitement and love of Torah, and it spills over to the dancing and to the Shabbos and to the Tiulim and to the courts, and, and it really spills over the whole year. And that's the truth. And I, I get a chance to spend some time with some of the boys even during the course of the year. Many of the boys live in my community. And Kolo is such a part of them. It's such a beautiful thing to do. It's a remarkable program. Uh, tonight there's a Chagas Micha here. Uh, probably not the same type of Chagas Micha that you had. I would think probably different, right? Probably a few less people. Okay. I think there's 16 mm -hmm. that are being recognized this evening. But it's unbelievable to watch these Kirov, what I would call professionals at this point, recognize that the more Torah they study and the more formal Torah education they get, in this case ending with smicha, not ending, but you know, tonight having their smicha celebration, uh, is so important. I, I assume that gives you a, uh, a that, that seems very heartwarming to you, that they recognize how important the Torah study it's very is. Very much so. You know, we, we, I speak so many times about how important it is in order for a person to be mashbia, to have an influence on others, a person has to be strong themselves. And ultimately what gives a person their strength and their connection to Kodesh Baruch was through the world of Limerat Torah. So this is a win-win in terms of the more Torah there is, so the more we can be Marbet's Torah and spread Torah throughout the world. The ones who are getting their smicha tonight said to me that the program was tailor-made in a way to address as many of the typical shilas and as many of the typical topics that come up in an NCSY environment. I thought that was very practical. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I, I, you know, Baruch Hashem, I've had the opportunity to be involved very much in terms of shilas and NCSY over these uh, right. several years. And I can tell you, I'm not sure there's a typical NTSY shot because there are so many that are so non-typical that, um, that you know, we have to use the, you know, use the world of Torah and try to delve into the, into the wisdom of Torah and to be able to apply it to some of the most uh, somewhat challenging circumstances. And our goal is to try to be able to be a light to help uh, the entire Jewish people to live their lives. You know, Rabbi Sobolowski, how important do you think this is for the chizuk of the here of professionals from around the country to come to an event like this. I think it's wonderful. Really, really. Just to, uh, again, Torah is the greatest chizuk. That's, That's the greatest true. chizuk for everybody. So we just give everyone a bracha, the musmachim and those who are involved, and all of us, all of Christ. We all need chizuk. So it's always wonderful to, to be part of that. Grace Shkaya, continued success Thank with everything. You. Thank, Thank you so for much for being here tonight. Well. Thank Rabbi you. Rabbi Tzvi Sabolovsky, of course, uh, one of the great Rosh Yeshiva at uh, YU, at Ritz, and of course uh, spends, as he said, parts of 11 summers already with NCSY Colo. We are wrapping things up on what is a remarkable and incredible Monday night, Tuesday morning. Those of you listening right now, Monday night, we are finishing our live presentation. Those of you listening on, on Tuesday morning, you've been listening to two hours of our visit to StaffCon with NCSY, with all the wonderful personalities that we have seen and, and heard from during the last couple of hours. And I thank you very much for tuning in and being part of it. I want to thank Rabbi Ari Rockoff, who introduced this whole concept to us. I want to thank... Um, I want to thank Moshe Benevitz, who leads NCSY. I want to thank um, Alan Fagan, who joined us earlier, Executive Vice President of the OU. Our own staff, including Miriam L. Wallach. 
and Yoni Pollock, who are both here on premises, plus, of course, ZK and Avrami, without whom we would not be transmitting to the entire world. And we would not be. And now, thank God, we are. And now, Nahum Siegel will learn the entire backstory of all these interesting comments. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. More coming up if you keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Featured entertainer tonight here at the uh, staff conference, YSY, is the one and only Arya Kunstler, who joined us earlier, and I thank him very much. And I'm told, I didn't realize we had a couple of minutes left before you close things out at the, uh, at the Crown Plaza. Plaza in Stamford, Connecticut. Give a big shout-out to Cousin Sharon. We love Sharon and her Sir team, by the way. And her team is amazing. Shout-out to Peter. Thank you, Peter, and to everybody else who worked even harder than I know. Uh, to That's help us tonight. Correct. And um, and uh, Miriam Alwalik is here as we wrap things up. And I noticed that um, people have grabbed their dinner. They're going inside for what I assume is a formal presentation, a formal correct. program that's going correct. on uh, here tonight. So everybody at StaffCon is going to be uh, inspired, no doubt, by different presenters over the next hour or so. We have received a number of compliments in terms of our programming while you've been on the air. People who have been at Yeoman CSY and seen us there, the mm. community fair, mm. different OU um, events that we have been able to be a part of and we feel privileged to be a part of. Right. Um, so that was, you know, that was exceedingly gratifying, that is for sure. But also, I mean, just to show you how much we are treated like family, uh, we've had about three dozen people, without exaggeration, ask us if they can make us plates of food. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, you know, it's a little bit everybody's a Jewish mother, which is fantastic. But it's also, I mean, they care about us. And I, and, you know, on behalf of, of your team, I truly appreciate that. Working with the greater OU team has, is just always incredible. Uh, well, I'll second that. There's no question about it. And uh, we get to do it on both sides of the world, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, I joked with Alan Fagan earlier today. I said, uh, uh, you know, I just wanted you to know that David Cutler has not only sent us a date for Yom Y <laughs> in 2019, he has sent us a date for Yom in 2020. Uh, we should all live and be well. Amen. And, and certainly present the show from there. Amen. At that time. But it just shows you that obviously there are people who really regard us, thank God, as uh, an important element of um, of all this, so it's it's really nice. They and, include and us in their budget lines. Well, it's very nice of them. It very really nice is, and we take we do not take it for granted. And and you have met a number of people tonight. Obviously, there are I would call Nahum Siegel fan favorites. People that if I said to you, you have two hours with a particular gentleman or or a particular woman to speak to, you'd be thrilled. But there were new faces that you met tonight. Yeah. 
And well, the, first of all, the South is extremely impressive. Oh wow! Extremely, and their English Correct. and their whole presentation, very, very impressive. Uh, and just what they've done, their accomplishments is something worth noting, and certainly we did. Um, and then on top of that, there there are a lot of people that uh, you know who who over the years became real professionals in this industry. And you realize as you get older, you realize their greatness, frankly. Yeah, for I mean, sure. the number of people that some of the folks in this room have affected over their lives is simply remarkable. I mean, Coach Halpert, obviously one example. Right. Um, so that all this has been a, um, a, a really energizing experience. Anybody out there who's been listening for the last two hours, I'm sure you've gotten a... Uh, a Everybody out there has been correct, listening. Correct. You've gotten yes. a dose of just how remarkable it is. Uh, to be surrounded by people like this. So. There are also, by the way, a number of lookalikes. And what I mean by that is is you can tell whose kids are here in the audience. And they're not kids. I mean, these are 20-year-olds and they're yeah. adults, etc. But you and I know a lot of parents. I mean, next generation, Correct. Huh? A lot of parents of the participants here today. And I'm sitting here saying, of course. They should be very proud because the parents were doing the same thing years ago. Correct. But also, and it makes following. sense. They're yeah. following in their parents' footsteps. Their parents are leaders and these are leaders. I thank you, Miriam Alwalek. Thank, thank you, Malcolm Siegel. I thank Yoni Pollock. Thank On you, behalf Yoni of everybody Pollock. here at StaffCon, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. The Malcolm Siegel Network continues with plenty more coming up next. Keep it right here at NSN. And don't forget to like our Facebook page. Go to facebook.com slash Network.